Hello and welcome to Ias Gablan, a bi-weekly podcast from four Latinx daughters. Hey guys, welcome back to Ias Gablan. We are so excited for uh, today's episode. Uh, this is going to be our second episode in our DACA series. Uh, if you haven't uh, listened to the first one, go back and listen to the mini episode that we have um, last week. Listen to that and then come back to this one. That one kind of intros us into this like series that we're doing. Um, so go ahead and check that one out first. But today we're going to do a sort of quasi panel that I have with three um really uh well not really three (laughs) um awesome women that i just met um we're really excited to do this they've been working with me for the past like maybe week and a half to like kind of help me get through this together or throw this together um so i'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves hola (laughs) my name is viani vianney i live in queens new york i am a teacher um, I have a master's in education and um, my family is from Puebla. My, uh, we moved here when I was about four or five years old. So this is all I've ever known. And I'm so excited to talk to you. Hey, hola, hola, hola. Este, mi nombre es Angelica. Well, my name is Angelica Reyes. Um, I am 26 year, years old. I am from Cuernavaca, Morelos, but I usually tell people I'm from from La Ciudad de Mexico because um, I don't really, I didn't really go to college or anything like that. I wanted to, but circumstances happened. I wasn't able to, but you know, just echándole ganas todos los días. Um, I was about four when I moved to the US. Um, I was brought here when I was around four and then, yeah, that's it. I'm really, really excited or, you know, happy to talk about my experience and how Becca has expected my life. Hi, everyone. My name is Dulce Santiago. I am from North Carolina. I was born in Oaxaca, Mexico, and I've had DACA for eight years, and I've renewed, renewed it for four years. Um, I'm really excited to be on here and share this experience and hopefully gain some new insight to somebody else's experience. So thank you for having me. Firstly, I just want to thank all of you for being with, here today and being vulnerable and being able to, to share something. I know this this subject is kind of um, personal, very personal, and I know many of you may not, or other people who are DACA recipients, it's not a conversation that they like enjoy having, or it's not a conversation that they have often. So I just want to thank you guys for um, giving this space to a bigger audience, because I think it's really important. Um, so thank you for all being here today. This is awesome. Um, so I kind of wanted to just give an over a quick little overview of what VACA is. Um, so it stands for the Deferred Action of Childhood Arrivals. So basically people who were brought, is the definition, is there a definition of how young you had to have been brought here? Do y'all know? Um, I no, I think, oh, sorry. It's Okay. I think it was a minimum of 16 years you had to apply. Mm -hmm. So basically you were born somewhere else outside of the United States and you were brought here um, when you were a child. Um, Basically, if you apply for that guy and you qualify, um, 
it it's like relief from being deported basically back to your quote unquote home country. I say quote unquote, because a lot of people who are on DACA really consider the United States their home countries because mm-hmm. a lot of them were brought here very, very young and don't even really remember um, where they were born. So it was uh, it was signed into law by Obama in I think 2012. Um, and since then, the kind of legality of it bounces around, especially with um, what whatever presidents that are in offense, um, Trump deemed it illegal whenever he was um, president and it was repelled. And then when Biden came into office, he reinstated it. But then recently, as of July 16th, it was deemed um, illegal by an injunction by a a judge in Texas. Um, so currently, the, the status of DACA right now is it is illegal and you cannot new applicants are, they're not taking new applicants. So nobody who's never had DACA before can apply right now, but you can renew if you've already had DACA. So kind of up to speed about what, um, what DACA is and the current status of it. Um, so I guess to start, what were kind of y'all's, what was the process like of applying to DACA? So for me, um, I think I'm a little bit older than all of you. I know Angelica, Angelica, right? Mm-hmm. Así se dice, no? Um, you said you were 26, so I didn't say my age. I'm 33. And um, the last time we had like a little Zoom call when Ihas was first picking up, mm-hmm. I remember feeling like I was one of the older folks <laughs> in the call. So um, actually, when I applied to DACA for the first time, it was the very first year that it was signed in 2012. Um, <clears throat> immediately, I went and I got all my papers in. Um, I was lucky enough that I had been sa- I had savings because I was working and I went to a lawyer who did all of it. And it was super quick. By October, I had all my stuff. Like it was incredibly quick. Um, and that was only made possible again, because I had a lawyer, right? Because I know mm-hmm. that there are organizations that do these, uh, the, the process of filing the application for free pro bono, and you just have to pay. I think at the time, it was like $500 for the application itself, etc. So for me, because I was able, lucky enough to have the means, I, I, it was very quick. Uh, for me, I remember I was, I was, I, I think I was in like, um, about to graduate high school. And I remember when I was younger, I didn't really know my status that I was a quote unquote illegal, which is, you know, undocumented is the correct term, but I didn't know I was undocumented. Um, I honestly thought that, you know, when I turned 16 or 15, I was going to be able to get my permit and all these other things. But lo and behold, when all those important um, milestones came, um, I wasn't able to do that. Like surprise, surprise, I wasn't able to do that. So that's when, you know, the whole, oh, you're undocumented. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. And I would see all my friends and everything, um, you know, doing all these big milestones, like getting their license and all that. Um, So I remember I was um, in high school, my last year of high school, and I was applying to all these colleges and I wasn't able to get any like, you know, scholarships or like, you know, apply for, what is it? Um, The loans, what is it called? Yeah, FAFSA, that's what it is. I was able to apply for that. But then um, I remember Obama, like the huge news that Obama um, signed DACA 
you know, he's like, he, he signed the executive order and we were just so excited, um, but we just didn't know how to go about the whole situation and, you know, how to fill our documents or anything. Right. Um, luckily, the, di- the Catholic diocese of here, um, mm-hmm. of Birmingham is really, really big. Um, and so they're the ones that basically, you know, um, helped us fill out, one of their lawyers helped us fill out all the paperwork because I have three other, two other siblings. So it's like three of us in total, well, four of us in total, but three of us are undocumented. So he helped us fill out all, all our paperwork. Um, I remember like we were giving, um, you know, cause I have been here since I was four, but um, we were giving out like, you know, those, those like AB honor roll certificates that you yeah. would get and all this type of paperwork, um, just, you know, so you could prove that you were here and like we had ribbons and whatnot. We had so many documents. And I remember that the lawyer was even like, um, oh, you know, you've kept some such good records and whatnot. And I remember we were pulling out like receipts and all these other things. Cause you had to prove you were here on, what was the specific date that when when he signed it into um yeah you have the point is you have to prove that you were here so we were like pulling out receipts and everything the point is um we were lucky enough that the the catholic diocese um you know paid for our lawyer and um he got that paperwork in pretty fast i remember um we filled it out we signed it and i don't i can't give you specific dates but um i remember i was having it back like super quick and we were just you know so happy and then when we finally got it back we were like okay so we can get our license and everything but we couldn't unfortunately we had to wait for the state of Alabama to say you know what um you have Becca so you can get you can finally get our your license really which was was about a year and a half later like two years later after we had actual Becca and by then you would have had to already renew it yeah exactly so I had to renew so I had to renew the five hundred dollars um and then on top of that, pay the, the license. So we were right. without license for about a year because um, Alabama would not, not let us, not, not let um, DACA recipients get license because it was so new, everything, all like the laws were so new. Um, just Alabama being the slow state that, that, it, that it is. Right. Um, it just, it wouldn't allow us to until finally they were like, yeah, you can do it. So um, all of that guy students, all the, I remember everybody that had that guy, you know, we rushed to the, to the departments of motor, whatever it is called, um, DMVs. But then they were like, okay, so you can get your license, but you have to go to this one specific um, department. Like you can't go anywhere else except this one specific office. So everybody, you know, people were like driving like four hours to go to this oh one God. specific location. So, you know, thankfully all of that being said, um, you know, we were able to get it pretty, pretty fast. I think I like over no, that's <laughs> perfect. That's exactly what this is for. <laughs> that's your story. Exactly. Anyway, that was that was it. <laughs> uh, so for me, um, I was actually too young at the time. Um, I had to wait a year until I could actually apply for the initial one because I wasn't sixteen yet. I'm twenty four now. Or I'm going to be twenty four. And um, so my parents actually did most of the paperwork for the initial one. So they got all the records, they got the, the report cards, um, the certificates, and they got help from a nonprofit organization to help my community. And so that was really helpful because they got to look over it and help us out with all of the filing and everything. Mm-hmm. So it would actually, like, it didn't cost us anything other than the $500 fee for the application. That's awesome. Um, 
And so I think for the initial, I feel like it was fast, but uh, my memory isn't good. So, and I was 16. So, um, right. So, cause I didn't have to do like the whole license thing yet. Cause I didn't, I wasn't confident in driving. So right. I waited till I was like 18 for that. So for the initial, I guess I don't have much of a story. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, that's fine. That's perfect. Um, something Angelica mentioned is she she didn't realize that she was undocumented until she was like, I want to get a permit. I want to start driving. Mm-hmm. Was was that the same um, for you, Dulce and Vianney? Like, or I, can, I guess like, when did you realize or when did you figure out that you were undocumented? I don't remember exactly how old I was or when exactly I knew that I was undocumented, but I remember this one thing I was, I was like maybe 10. And I said to a friend who was like my best friend at the time, um, that I didn't have a social security number and her parents were, um, are, uh, accountants, both of them. And she's Colombian in descent. Like her parents are Colombian immigrants that had been in the country for a long time and she was born here and so when when I said that to her she was like what that's like not having a birthday and then like I was like probably like 10 years old when I realized then that that was really serious right like I I knew that I didn't have that piece of paper I didn't know what that meant but I knew that it was really serious and then similar to um to Angelica and Dulce like it it left me out of everything right because by the Mm -hmm. time that I applied in 2012 I think I was like 24 so I had already graduated college in New York having a license is not um as important as like in other places because you don't drive here I mean you can I drive now but like you take the train everywhere so it doesn't matter if you have a license or not but other kids in high school were getting their permits and taking driving license or like a driving lessons going away for um vacation with their parents for senior trip etc I was never, I never even thought about that. Like when it came to graduate high school, I didn't even want to graduate high school. I wanted to drop out and it was May and my mom fought me on it. My mom was like my biggest, just, you know, pusher and she refused to let me drop out. And I didn't want to graduate because I thought to myself, what is out there for me? You know, there's nothing there for me at that time. DACA wasn't anywhere in anyone's mind, et cetera. In 20, in 2010, actually, I don't know if you remember, um, the DREAM Act had gone up to the Supreme Court and it was like a huge thing at that time. And I was hoping and praying that that was something that would happen for me because I had already graduated college and I was like, I need to validate this piece of paper, right? There's nothing there for me. Um, But yeah, I, I, I just knew that there was nothing ahead of me. Even when I graduated college, I did the same thing. I didn't graduate on time. I delayed graduation for like a semester because I was like, what's the point? You know, I'm not going to do anything with yeah. my education. It was, it was very bittersweet. Mm-hmm. That's intense. Yeah. Especially like, you know, you being older when DACA was like released, there was like, um, that sucks to hear. You just felt like there was like, what is the point? Like no mm-hmm. hope. That's, that's tough to hear. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I, I can imagine you were older and then all of a sudden, like you're saying, that has to be super hard. Like you're pushing so hard and you're doing, doing this, but then you don't have that end goal. Like you don't exactly. have that, like, okay, I graduate and this is the job I'm going to have, this and this. Like right. you're like, but what, I'm gonna, what am I going to do? Like this, there's no plan. For what? Yeah. So yeah, that, that has, like you said, that has to be a super hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I don't know about you guys in, in your states, but like here um, in high school, you can take college classes in high yeah. school that are free. They're free. And I took a ton of them, right? I had like a 15 credits when I graduated high school. And and, and it felt like for what? <laughs> you know, like I pushed myself so hard, like you were saying. And it really, you know, so the hard work has always been there. And it just felt like this is, it's not, there's nothing out there yet. Yeah. But then when it happened, it was like, I rushed, like I rushed to get it done, you know? How did you feel after that? Like after, you know, you got back and everything, did you have like that? Wow. Okay. This is, I can do it. I can actually do something with it. I had a, so I graduated with an education degree and I had, I was certified. So, well, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean was once I got DACA, I was able to start the certification process, which is just getting your license to teach. And it went so quick. And I started applying to teaching jobs. And then another bomb hit. So the New York City uh, Education Departments, when I applied, they replied to me and said, we can't hire you because you don't have documents. So we can't take we can't hire anyone who's technically undocumented because I had a worker's mm-hmm. permit, but that didn't mean right. that I was documented, you know, like to a certain degree. And I think what they yeah. said in their reply mm-hmm. was we can't take the chance that you will petition for us to ask for you to become a resident or a citizen or anything like that. So again, I had like another blow, like here I am with this right. education, this degree, the certification, because at that point I was certified and nothing. And so I was lucky enough to find a job at a charter school. So um, that was like, that was the turning point, right? The DACA plus the charter school job. It's like, now I've done something. Uh, what about you, Dulce? Did, was there like a time that you were like, oh, I'm un- I'm undocumented? Like a point? So for me, um, and I don't know if I'm grateful for this or not, but I always knew I was undocumented like my parents didn't sit me down and say hey you're undocumented you can't do these things but there were always reasons for why we couldn't go out too late somewhere or go to the park or a certain part of the town because there was too many cops there so um, that's how I just kind of pieced it together and so because of that before I got DACA and remember I was 16 so I wasn't really thinking about like life or career or anything at that time but before that I just tried not to think about it not to think about having to work under the table type of jobs um, having to work hard labor jobs Um, so after I did get DACA at 16 I almost felt like I was ungrateful in a way because I didn't want to go out to get that part-time job like everybody else wanted I didn't want to go get that license like everybody else wanted and it just made me feel like very ungrateful and nobody was making me feel that way either like not my family or well a little bit my family (laughs) but um (laughs) but um but I think it was just like until I hit like 18 and I took that first step like got my license um got that job finished my education because I was actually in early college so I was taking college classes with my high school classes yeah and the reason I did that actually is because I knew I wouldn't have been able to pay for college 
um, afterwards when I didn't have DACA because I made that decision in middle school because um, you have to apply for early college and everything. So a lot of it really shaped. So I guess I was thinking about my career afterwards, but not really in a way. Not not in the way that most people think, like, I can't wait to get to college right. and do X, Y, Z. You were more like, what are the opportunities that I have given my limitations, right? That's true. That's true. And and I don't think a middle schooler should think that way. Honestly. Yeah, that exactly. Was, that was a lot. But, you know, I am grateful I decided to go to early college. I mean, I was going in with uh, knowing nobody, no friends, not really sure if I belonged there because was I smart enough for this or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I'm out, I made it. I graduated with a high school diploma. I have an associate's in arts degree. I can go to school, like higher education, four-year university if I wanted to. But with DACA, like, it's still kind of like up in the air, unfortunately. Yeah, it yo-yos a lot, Mm -hmm. um, which really sucks. And I feel like that's a lot to put on other people. Yeah. What is your uh, fear, Dulce? I'm sorry. Is that no, something that I no, can ask? No, go ahead. Go. You, you guys can ask whatever you want. What is your fear? That they'll repeal it in the middle of you taking a class? I think it's more of less about DACA and more about like, I don't know what career I want to go into and I don't want to spend money I don't have or time I don't have. So uh, the one I'm currently in, I'm a hairstylist and I think DACA did shape my decision in that too. Like if they were to repeal it and there's no more DACA, I have a skill that Mm -hmm. I can do and I can travel with that. I can earn money under the table with that. Like, I feel like I can fall back on that. So I think what my fear is, what do I go into that I can still use if it's gone? Well, yeah, and definitely like, sorry, um, definitely oh. um, going off of that, um, she's saying that, you know, um, just, you know, or at least for me, I'm, I wasn't necessarily scared of DACA. I remember when I had DACA, when I received DACA, it was sort of like, I know it's not a full protection. It's mm-hmm. not anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like here, especially in Alabama, it's a huge like, bam, like, you know, I can work, I can, I'm legally working because there is a sense of, you know, illegals and illegal stealing your jobs and that mindset mm-hmm. in the conservative um, state of you here. Um, I just didn't go to college because I, I remember like, you know, going to college, like thinking I was going to go to college and everything when I received it. And I just didn't go to college because I don't know. I think I just became too scared after that. I not necessarily necessarily because they were going to take DACA away or anything. I think I just became scared of myself failing out of college and not being smart enough for that. So DACA didn't necessarily influence that train of thought for me. It was very like, it was just a fear for myself. And even now I do want to get back into the, into an education and get, um, cause I'm like, um, I was talking the other day and they're like, oh, so, you know, your, your career or your passion is people. And I was like, what does that mean? So they're like, you're just trying to help people as much as you can, you know, just any way that you can, which basically, you know, they're, they're like, so, so what, you know, the career that would be great for you would be like social worker. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to go into. And I looked into like social working, like social worker and all the aspects of it. And that's what I actually want to go back in. Well, go to school, not even back, just go to school for. Um, just, you know, social workers. So 
Um, even if they take DACA away or anything, I, I think it just doesn't, it doesn't necessarily scare me in that way. Um, because as much as they, it yo-yos, like it's illegal, it's not illegal or anything. I honestly, I'm a big, you know, believer of God. And I honestly think that, you know, he's going to protect us and he's going to answer our prayers regardless of everything. So that's kind of like my hope and my dreams and my aspiration. Of course, I'm a realist. I, I'm, I'm always like, okay, so, you know, you can't be always like, you know, positive and thinking of, oh, you know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be, it's not like you have to be like, all right, so this can happen. These are the consequences or anything, but I like to live in that little bubble of, you know, perfect world <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. The faith world, right? You yeah. know, like our, our moms and our parents and mm-hmm. our families definitely have that um, to, to give, to pass down to us. And sometimes it irritates me because I'm like, I know better, you know, like, um, you can have all the faith, but you know, the way that this is looking or yeah, you know, whatever yeah. the case is. So I definitely agree with you. I, I know. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like the realist in your head, you're like, I'm a realist. I know this isn't really going to happen, you know, but like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm sorry if I can, I, I guess speak Spanish. I, I can't no, go into Spanish. No, it's okay. No problem. Um, and I'm like, you know, that, that part of me also, you know, I, I grew up like that. I've been influenced mm-hmm. by that part. Right. So I'm always like, all right, this is the real truth. Primeramente Dios, o como Dios quiera, type of thing, you know? My mom says, uh, Dios aprieta, pero no ahorca. Dios aprieta, all pero no ahorca. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the time. Same. So all those little, like, bichos, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, Angelica, you mentioned, you know, living in Birmingham, and um, there's a lot of racial influenced conversations going on over there. Um, yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, I'm in <laughs> Texas. I feel that. Um, yeah. I guess what kind of disinformation or like myths or just like straight up wrong information have you guys heard about um, like that guy recipients or that guy in general or dreamers or anything like that? So here in Alabama or like, you know, Birmingham area, which when you know I've, where I've grown up, um, it's a lot of oh illegals come and steal our jobs and illegals this and illegals that or and then I'm like I'm a very vocal about having DACA like when somebody says or anything. Um, um, I used to not be as vocal. I used to be like oh I have DACA, you know, I want to keep it on a DL. But um, I think that I was just kind of ashamed of that. There was like a little space in time where I was kind of ashamed of having DACA. I felt like you know. Um, I wasn't valued as much of a, as a person that, that has documents that is legal, that is born here. I felt like I was like way below their level, but then, you know, um, I think I was like, you know what? I have that guy or it either way, that or no that guy. I was like, I'm a human being. I'm this, I have yes. as much rights as that person. Exactly. So that was kind of a growth for me. Um, I kind of grew from that, that little point in time of like being ashamed. So now I'm very vocal. I'm like, oh yeah, I have that guy or yeah, this and that, you know, I can work, you know, this and that. But then I also say, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I can go back to Mexico whenever I want. I can't freely Mm -hmm. travel. I can't, you know, I'm not taking your government money or anything like that. I can't have, you know, help from the government. If I, if I want it, I can't have loans. I can't have this. I can't have that. And they're like, so what do you have? I've, I've had a lot of like, you know, conservative people say, so what's the whole point of having that guy? And I'm like, I can work. I can legally work. I can, you know, work. And then I can file my taxes. That's what I can do. That's 
what the government wants. They want my money. They want me to work. They want me to, you know, slave over like that and then give them my money. Then I can legally do that to do that. Um, And they're like, well, you know, that then they go into the, oh, well, that's not fair. I feel sorry for you. What not? Why can't you like, you know, legally fix your papers? And I'm like, do you know how expensive that is? (laughs) Do you know how long that process is? It's not even the the possibility. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, at the end of the end if it's a possibility like at the end of that it's a maybe you get it maybe you don't you exactly it's not money, a for sure thing <laughs> and maybe you don't even get it you know it's not a for sure thing and which again I explained them I explained that to them and they're like wow that is hard you know like I, I try to get them into my shoes a little bit and see um you know a little bit a little bit of what it is like living as an undocumented documented quotation marks um person you know um and a lot of them do like you know sympathize and you know like um see what the struggles and what real life is and then a lot of them are like you know that's too bad so that like that's not my problem but you know that's just that's just a lot of people <laughs> I feel like the lot a lot of like distaste or like pushback against DACA is just because people don't realize what it is um a lot of people assume <laughs> Exactly. A lot of, it's just misinformation. I put out, I was curious before we, um, before we started recording these series about like maybe like two or three weeks ago when I like had this idea, it was around the time when the ruling came out. Um, I put on my Instagram, um, like a series of questions and I was like, do you know what DACA is? And a lot of people put yes. And I was like, is DACA a pathway to citizenship? And a lot of people put yes. And I'm like, that is, it's, it's not, unfortunately, DACA can help you do a lot of things. DACA can help you get a worker's permit. DACA can help you get a license. DACA allows you to go to college. But one thing it does not ensure is, is a pathway to citizenship. And I think that's what people assume DACA is. They're like, oh, these people get a free pass. And that's, that's it. DACA doesn't even even the playing field. To me. It, yeah. it, and it, even it, then, even having that guy, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, you're good. Even having that guy, you even have to keep a clean record. You have exactly. to clean, keep a clean slate, everything. Like you have to watch your every step. Mm. One misstep, one like police stop that can go wrong type of thing can completely take your DACA away. And then you can be facing a deportation, you know? So it can all dissolve and it can all fall apart in the in, in a matter of seconds. So like you on the map. You know, right? it, yes. it puts you on the map because otherwise you're living in the shadows. Nobody knows who you yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows if you, you know, stolen something from TJ Maxx or something like something that a lot of people do, right? Like sunglasses. <laughs> Maybe you just walk out without paying and no one thinks twice about it. Um, but also like one other thing that it, it, I mean, I guess this doesn't have anything to do with DACA and more like where you live in terms of who you are as an undocumented student in your state, right? Because I think, I don't know exactly, but I know that not all states provide in-state tuition, right? Mm-hmm. For yeah. students. Um, and I, I didn't know, I didn't know that. I thought that like everyone had, you know, like you're a resident of Alabama or North Carolina or wherever, and your tuition is $2,000 and that's what you're going to pay. And so, um, that just keeps coming back to me as you were talking about where you guys are from and like all the things that you, the avenues that are opening up because of DACA. And then this one thing is still not like Brianna said, a a level playing field for everybody, because we're all just trying to do the same thing that we see our peers doing, right. Going to school 
or maybe not like going into the workforce, et cetera. And it's never like equal. And I like that you brought that up beyond it, because that's what I wanted to talk about, too, was not every state gives you that in-state tuition. They don't give you that financial aid, that federal financial aid, and even state aid, you can't even get access to, at least in my state in North Carolina. Uh, it was really hard to look for scholarships or private organizations who worked for documented um, recipients. So that also had a play in me not going to a four-year university and looking into a career that I really wanted to go into. So I know there's a lot of people who say money shouldn't be the reason you don't go to school and get educated. And I agree, but it does play a big role in a lot of people. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, of course. I'm so glad Angelica brought up that like, yes, federally DACA gives you the ability to get um, a license, but I, I guess it just didn't click in my head that the states give you a license. So like if your state doesn't want to, they don't have to. So I, I guess like really that goes up in there to, to different in different states. It's like, I, I guess it just didn't, you know, click in my head or realize that it could like be different state, from all of your situations. Yeah. Every state basically interprets it however they right. feel like it and however they choose to like it, you know? And it sucks because, like I said, some states give DACA recipients um, licenses. Other states are like, no, sorry, we can't. And I think even a few couple of years ago, even recently, they started giving DACA recipients, you know, um, licenses. I can't remember what state. And, you know, how long has DACA been a thing? And even like a couple of years ago, they just now started doing that. So, like I said, I think every state is like interpreting it their own way. But even even without DACA, like I've. New York and New Jersey, I believe, within the last year, New York for sure, gave licenses to undocumented immigrants. So, you know, like that's one less thing that DACA gives me, you know, so like it just it it really brings into the question like what uh, Angelica was saying. Why get it? Why? You know, it's very expensive to renew every two years. It's very expensive. If you have the ability to get help, that's great. If you don't, then it becomes really expensive. And then it's just like, I'm renewing the ability to continue to work legally to pay taxes to something that I may not even get ever, right? Because you may or may not um, be eligible for the social security or you can get a job where you don't necessarily have health insurance. And so like, it's a really Kind of, I mean, like, I think maybe Dulce, this is what you were trying to say before, where it's like, I'm thankful for the ability to work, but also it's still a very slap in the face, right? Because we all suddenly, we came here when we were four years old. This is the only country I've ever known. I was able to go back in 2016 with advanced parole. So I don't know if you um, are aware this is something that you can get through DACA. Um, You apply for advanced parole and it gives you like um, a permission to leave out the country and go international to wherever you're from. So in 2016, I think my grandfather was very sick. I applied for uh, advanced parole and I was out of the country for about five days. And I had to let them know exactly when I was leaving and exactly when I was coming back. And um, I was able to go back and, and see where I came from, right? Like, cause I didn't, I was four, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know where, you know, so I think very much this country slaps us in the face over and over again. I mean, everybody, right? But it's undocumented folks. It's, it's like yeah. putting a Band-Aid over a, like a broken, like you just broke your arm. 
arm and they're just putting a band-aid over it it fixes nothing but they're just trying to be like oh here here this is it you know this is everything you want but it's not it's just a little pretty bow on on, like a a disaster yeah and like you're saying about it being worth it it's like it also like uh, um like y'all were saying it puts a target on you like Mm -hmm. if if anything were to happen um you know basically anything if anything were to happen where you get in trouble with the law like it targets you whereas if you don't apply well nobody knows yeah it's a little yeah. bit exhausting to be yeah, honest. yeah i can only imagine not, how i can be honest and i don't be like, like on top of your sound, shit I, I don't mean to sound ungrateful because i am grateful for this huge opportunity because as much as we as much as i say it's not like it is a huge opportunity for me um it's exhausting it's exhausting to be you know all of this and all of that and whatnot and then on top of that um i have to renew my back i actually i have to get on that now um <laughs> yeah because yeah, you have to get on that now like, um, six months before so really you only have peace of mind for like a year and a half yeah exactly that's exactly what i wanted to uh, say about misinformation it's not really two years it's one and a half mm-hmm. and that's five hundred dollars one and no a idea. half years you know that like that is just i don't know how i'm gonna do it but we're gonna do it. yes <laughs> we are yeah. and it's not i mean don't you also have to pay for uh fingerprints every time so it's like 560 right because it also went up no okay. fingerprints yeah like so five hundred the $500 is um, all of it. So like the fingerprints and the um, petition for the work authorization card. But yes, Brianna, we have to get fingerprinted. That's very yeah, concerning. Oh my God, sometimes. I didn't know that. That's another reason why some people don't even want to get like DACA. Like I just learned that the ones that haven't applied for the first one, the first initial application, they don't want to get it because of that. Like their family are like, don't do it. They're going to have I... your records. I, this is a question that I asked um, a previous someone else that I was like, you know, was there any pushback from your family to be like, no, like this is, you know, if anything were to happen, these, the government knows where you are, you know, like, how do you know that this is not going to turn into something else where you're targeted or you're located or anything like that? Did y'all ever, did I ever cross y'all's mind? Um, For me, my mom, my well, especially my mom, uh, my, my dad passed away in 2010. So my mom was very like, I don't care how I'm going to do it. I don't care how hard I have to work for it. I'm going to get y'all that guy and we're going to get it. We're going to see mm-hmm. how it goes. So in the back of her mind, she was very like, um, and this is like three kids that she had to get back up for. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I'm going to work hard. Mm-hmm. I don't care what I have to do. I- I'm going to get y'all that guy. Well, she did. Um, in the back of her mind, she was very worried. She was like, what is something with that? happen they're going to take you all away what is this what is that um but she's also a very positive she's like no i have to do it sea lo que sea sea lo que tenga que caer va a caer lo tengo que hacer x cosa no and so she did it we got it but we i did receive a lot of um not i not me personally but there was a lot of um backlash or very like a pull from a couple of family members that were like, you know, the government's going to have your information. If the yeah. government, you know, this, the government, that, the government's going to, if anything is to happen, you're the first target. You're the first person they're going to take, the first person that they're going to look at, whatnot. And if they look at you, your mom is there. Like you have an un- um, undocumented family. They're going to target them as well and whatnot. 
And honestly, my mom, she said all that. She, she told all those people, she's like, you know what? If I, if something was to happen to them or anything, I know that my kids are going to be protected. If I have to go back to Mexico, I have to do it regardless. Anyways, whatever. But I want my kids to be protected. So we fought back. And fortunately, we haven't had that yet. But again, right. that is a huge, you know, it's always in the back of your mind. Like if they were to take that go away. And yeah, that's also what they were saying. If they're to take that go away, the people that have that car, they're going to be the first people on the deportation list, you know, right. and that kind of scares you too. Hell yeah, that's super scary. Yeah, that was a huge topic of discussion during the Trump administration, right? Like mm-hmm. for a while, for like a period of a couple of weeks, it was all they talked about. Mm-hmm. The first people they're going to deport are all these like 800,000 documented people. And I kept thinking like, but why, like these are the most, yeah, um, yeah. Background checked yep. and and scrutinized people that you can have as far as you knowing they're undocumented, but they have been processed, right? Yeah. Um, so why target that group? And I really think it was just like the misinformation that people don't know about, the fear that that administration stoked, and that during that time it was very terrifying. It was terrifying. The the night that he was elected, I just broke down and cried because I didn't know what was going to happen for myself, for my family, etc. And then um, I was married in 2017. So my husband petitioned for me to, um, to become a resident. So when I got my residency, um, we, we wanted to travel. We're like, oh, finally, I can travel, right? I can leave the, the country. And then he started um, holding people at the border coming in, right? anyone that had a residence, uh, a green card was like either questioned or they weren't allowed to come back into the state. And so that shut down that possibility. And then it just, it, again, like oh, the legality so of everything just never mattered. It didn't make a difference. No matter how documented I was, I just, I was never able to get, well, still now because of the pandemic, it hasn't been able to be something that is like, oh, I have something now. I'm part of the country now. It's not legally, you know, it hasn't happened for me yet. Well, for me, um, I, I have a lot of worries, so I don't know if I worried about them using that information against us, but, um, I think I had the same mindset as Angelica, where you just hope for the best Mm -hmm. and you just hope that God got you. So, yeah, I think that's just my mindset, but also like 2018, that's, that's when Trump got elected. 2016 oh 2016 um yeah so that's when I started my cosmetology degree so it was a lot of a lot of worry because if it was to be rescinded like I couldn't start that I couldn't have that skill that I was trying to fall upon fall back on so yeah I was really worried about that in that sense yeah. And I do think that with this new president, this new administration, and the pressure that they have from all of the other advocacy groups around them regarding immigration, something has to give, right? I yeah. do think that, like, if if a pathway to citizenship were, were to open up for immigrants, I do think that documented people would be the first ones yes. because they're the easiest ones, I think right? You've already been vetted. We have fingerprinted, etc. Like, I think it would be the easiest time. <laughs> yeah. It's very promising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we've talked about how like the the legality of DACA often yo-yos. Do y'all know anyone that um, this current ruling has affected? Like anybody who was like planning on applying who like just turned 16 or anything like that or any family members or or how are y'all feeling about it? I don't know anyone about um, that was affected by this ruling. But when Trump was in office, he limited DACA, right? So instead of yeah. being two years, it was one year. And there was also that talk of deporting all of the documented people. So one person that I knew in particular who um, had been renewing it, he didn't renew because he was terrified. And so I, I was I was devastated for him. You know, like I was like, don't, because it's so hard. To, if Once you realize, like, there's so many, there are so many rules for DACA. It is it is awful. And so he was able to get it again after, I don't even know how, but the fact that he would let it um, expire, that just shows you the, the, like your life is, is stopped, right? Like we have a life, but, but only every two years. Does that make sense? Like, you know, as long as we renew every two years. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Angelica, I know you mentioned that, you know, you don't mind telling people that you're, you're that commented. Do, do you guys tell people that y'all are, have that or on that Yeah, I'm, I started like, uh, Angelica said, I was very scared in the beginning to tell people. And there was a sense of shame and embarrassment. And even before when I was undocumented completely, I know I didn't tell people only very close people. And the more I talked about it, the less it felt bad, the less embarrassed I was. And I talk about it all the time now. Um, and I talk about it more now because I desperately want to vote, right? And it's something that I want so badly. Um, I, I keep up with politics. I know who's running in my districts, et cetera. And I, that's why I talk about it the most because I, I want people to vote. And then when people don't vote, I always remind them. I'm so mean. I'm like, you know, you're like, that's a slap in my face, right? That you don't yeah. vote, that you don't yes. take this seriously. Oh my gosh. Yes. I have, have um, multiple cousins um, here and well, family and friends and whatnot that, that were born here and they can, they're at they're they're of the age of voting. And they're like, Oh, what's the point of voting? Um, my vote isn't going to count or this and that. I was like, Yo, if I could vote, I would be doing that. If all, mm -hmm. if so, so many documented student, um, students, um, people could vote, like they would be voting. This, like you, like you're saying, that's a slap in our face. That's like yeah. you have this right, and you're not taking full advantage of this right. Right, and others that want that right, we're like, oh, it's just so much a oh, moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. I actually have a really funny story about voting. Let's hear um, it. So I was sitting in my college parking lot and I was just waiting for class to start and it was election year, I think. And so we had all these people on campus just walking around with their clipboards asking if you want to register to vote. And so this dude comes up to me and he's like, hey, you want to register to vote? I'm like, no, thank you. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, thank you. And he's like, are you 18? And I'm like, I can't vote. And he's just like, oh, my bad. And then just walks away like 180. Just I'm I'm pretty sure he was embarrassed. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's happened to me too. But I, I at that point, I was like, I'm undocumented. I can't mm -hmm. vote. And they were like, okay. And they were very rude at that point. Of course. Like their tone that's changes. 
um I say him just boop, turn around and, and left and no more insistent no more wanting to talk to me no more like maybe even condolences or something you yeah. know it's a whole 180 yeah it really is that, is there, that I feel have- bad a minute <laughs> right you feel bad for well just because like he turned around so embarrassed i was just like oh i didn't mean to (laughs) just leave me alone thanks have y'all ever experienced any other like negative connotation or negative remarks or anything like that from people when they find out that you're undocumented well why don't you just become a citizen which is infuriating infuriating um because it's so easy Right. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. We just know that that person doesn't know anything. Like, there's exactly. a lot of privilege in that statement, right? Mm-hmm. How privileged you are to not know anything about the immigration process, actually. Mm-hmm. Good for you that you don't have to deal with yep. the horrors of standing in line, going to these offices, being rejected. The people, Whenever you have gone to government offices, I don't know if this is true for you, but people are just rude. I mean, maybe it's just a government office thing, or maybe it's because they know that we're immigrants, you know, and they talk down, they're rude. They're mean. They're snappy. I was actually going to ask her what her, or like, just commend her for ha- talking to conservatives in her state. I'm sure. Yeah. That's oh. tough. I'm, I don't know about you, Dulce, too, and, and Brianna as well. It's, um, especially being, you know, in Texas, you know, for, you know, I'm not, I'm a citizen. I was born here. Um, but even so, you still hear shit like that. Like, it, it I oh my god okay I'll say an anecdote now um I was not there my parents went to this party my parents um live in a very conservative small white army suburb of Dallas and they went to a party of a friend of theirs and the you know their friends obviously know that they're Latinos that they're Mexican Um, And there's never been, like, anything racially motivated said towards them that was, like, inappropriate or racist. They've never had that. I mean, obviously, their their political views don't uh, align with their friends, but they don't really talk about that. My parents have a lot of white friends. They just don't talk about politics. It's fine. It's whatever. But they went to a party, and their friend's mother was there. So this is – my parents are, like – in their late 40s so this lady is probably 60s 70s and she was making a comment about how all these mexicans get to go to college for free and they're just taking opportunities away from all these you know white americans that were born here and who are just as smart and that we get to go to college for free because we have to make quotas and all this stuff and my parents and at the time me and my sister are in college and both my parents are like working their asses off to help us pay to go through this and my parents were like if if it's free where's the money at because we've never seen it I was like my parents like I pay tuition for two daughters to go to college right now and it ain't free and it's not close to free and we don't even you know I applied for FAFSA, but you know, it only helps so much. Like, thankfully I have that opportunity to get some money from them, but like, even then, like you don't, you know, it's not fully paid for. (laughs) Um, so it's just like, you, you get that whether, I mean, I hear, we hear shit like that too. And so it's just like, I can't imagine what it's be, you know, what it's like for you guys when, you know, when you're undocumented 
Yeah. Um, um, my sister was born here. My, my younger sister was out of the four of us. She was the only one that's one born here and whatnot. Um, but I also tell her, um, it's like, I, I know that we're, we weren't born here and we have that kind of whatnot, but that shouldn't also, I feel like we shouldn't, us that have that guy shouldn't also pin that on those that were born here. That's not their fault. That's not y'all's fault. You know, that you, y'all were born here and we weren't things happen. That's just fate, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, so I do also try, cause that was also a big sentiment that was like starting to grow here. Um, the whole, like we were, we're all Hispanic. We're all like Latinos or whatnot. Um, we're not trying to pin us against each other. So right. it was, it was, it was starting to become the whole backup versus the, 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 the born here. And I was like, no, there's no point in that. Why are we, why are we trying to cause that division? We're all, you know, just, you know, some of us have, we're lucky. Some of us weren't, you know, that type of thing. Um, so I think it's just, it's just, I was telling her, just don't feel like you owe us anything. You know, you don't owe us anything. There's, you, you shouldn't be feeling, you shouldn't have this, oh, you know, how can I put it? Like the whole, I don't know, like I have more than you type of thing. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't remember how I explained it to her, but I was like, you don't owe us anything. You don't have to feel sorry for us or anything. You know, just help us with us. Just help us with our fight. You know, as long as you're there helping us with our fight and not against us, that's more, that's, Word. that's all we need, yeah, you know, like type of that. thing. Don't, don't be against us. Just be with us. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all right, guys, I think we're going to start closing it up. Um, but I just wanted to give you guys opportunity to have any last remarks or advice or let us know where we can follow you. Or if you have an initiative or an organization that you'd like to share, uh, I want to give you all the space to do that right now. I think for me, I would just say, don't lose hope, right? If you have DACA, you have a foot in, right? That is a major, major milestone. It's not everything. It's not the full thing. And it doesn't make you any less um, if you have it, any less if you don't have it. Just don't give don't give up hope, right? We're all, we're here already. We were brought here for a reason. And let's make that reason the reason that we keep fighting and we keep going to work, we keep going to school, we keep trying to improve. Um, Just don't lose hope, you know? Um, For me, I would definitely say anyone that's applying that has DACA or anything or any, any, any chava or girl or, or, or anyone in general, echenle ganas, si se puede, sea lo que sea, con papeles o sin papeles, indocumentado o no indocumentado, sea como sea, echenle ganas, si pueden, este, don't lose hope, like she was saying, don't lose hope in anything. If you have a goal in mind, you have something set in mind, do it. There's mountains, there's going to be everything that's going to be, you know, there's going to be multiple things that are going to be stopping you. You just got to keep, you know, you got to keep echándole ganas, si se puede, echándole ganas, si, that's, that's my, that's my message to everybody. So for me, um, I think what I wanted to bring up was if you are in the process of renewal um, and you don't want to pay a lawyer to renew, look at those papers because they are honestly pretty easy to fill out after your initial process, of course, Um, because I've been doing it. Like I said, I've had it for eight years. I've renewed for four um, and I've renewed by myself um each time so please like 
look for help, like online help, or go to a local organization to 